Florists prep for Valentine's Day. Decatur Public Schools hires a new superintendent. More on these stories. I'm Sierra Henry. I'm Kelsey Watsonauer. And this is Lee Enterprises Long Story Short. Good evening, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode of Long Story Short, where we recap Central Illinois news from Lee Enterprises journalists. We're going to get started with some state government news. Governor J.B. Pritzker joined a fast-growing list of Democratic governors with plans to drop their state's mask mandates this week. On Wednesday, he announced the indoor mask mandate will expire February 28th, if the downward trend in cases and hospitalizations continue. Exceptions to this announcement include public transportation, congregate settings like long-term care facilities and prison, and then there's schools. But we'll get to schools later. Pritzker's decision comes as COVID-19 cases and hospitalizations are declining. Nationally, the average for the new daily cases reported is down 63%, and hospitalizations are down 28% from two weeks ago. Lee Statehouse reporter Brennan Moore reported on the announcement this week with analysis of the governor's decision. You can find that across our sites at herald-review.com, jg-tc.com, and panagraph.com. And with that, Kelsey's going to bring us into local government. Candidates for county, state, and judicial seats have a shorter time this election year to gather enough signatures to get on the ballot, shortened from 90 days to 60 because of the delay in approving new legislative maps. The shorter timeline also means about one-third fewer signatures that candidates need to collect, though. The signature cycle began on January 13th this year, and Panagraph reporter Cade Heather caught up with a couple of candidates about how getting out and collecting signatures in the heart of winter has been going. Besides potential blizzard conditions interrupting candidates' efforts, McLean County Clerk Kathy Michael, a Republican who is seeking re-election this year herself, said the pandemic also has caused obstacles for candidates campaigning over the past couple years. Filing for the primary begins March 7th and ends March 14th at 5 p.m. ahead of the June 28th primary and November 6th general election. To read what candidates had to say about the process, be sure to catch Cade's story at panagraph.com. Decatur attorney Shane Mendenhall and associate Macon County Judge Rodney Forbes are after a circuit court judgeship this fall. Both Republicans intend to seek election for the seat of retiring Macon County Circuit Court Judge Thomas Little, who said he won't stand for retention when his term ends in December. Mendenhall, currently a partner at BRE Law in Decatur and president-elect of the Decatur Bar Association, specializes in business law, estate planning, injury work, class actions, and civil litigation. Forbes, a former assistant Macon County public defender and chief public defender, was appointed as an associate judge in July 2017. Mendenhall and Forbes will face off in the primary on June 28th. For more on these candidates and their backgrounds, you can find Tony Reed's stories at herald-review.com. Sharon Chung, a Democrat who has served on the McLean County Board since her election in 2018, is running for state representative in the 91st District. She made the announcement last Friday, so she didn't quite make it into last week's pod. Chung, a professional classical musician, a private instructor, and adjunct professor at Millican University, said education would be among her top priorities if she was elected to the General Assembly. She is expected to face Carla Bailey Smith in the June 28th primary, and if she makes a pass a primary, normal councilman Scott Preston is the only Republican with his hat in the ring for the 91st so far. The newly drawn district includes McLean, Taswell, Woodford, and Peoria counties, stretching northwest of Bloomington Normal to just south of Peoria. For more on her announcement and the 91st district, you can find Kate Heather's report at panagraph.com. And now uh, Sarah's going to take us into some business news. 
This week, I wrote a little story on the West Bloomington Revitalization Project after their reopening seven months after having to close due to the June flooding event. As you may recall, in June 28th, there was a huge severe storm that dropped 10 and a half inches on Bloomington Normal. The West Bloomington Revitalization Project, which has a building on Market Street in Bloomington, six inches of water flooded their basement and then about three inches flooded their ground floor, destroying their floor and also hundreds of tools and bikes that they give out for free to citizens in the in Bloomington Normal. The West Bloomington Revitalization Project operates the bike co-op and the tool library, which operates just like a normal library, but with tools. Thankfully, they were able to rip up all of the floors and fundraise so they can reinstall new flooring and fix the electrical work and fix the bathrooms, which also had like their ceiling collapse due to plumbing issues. It was really one thing after another with them, but they're reopening today and now people can go back and use the bike co-op and the um, tool library. So that's pretty exciting. If you want to learn more, you can find my story at panagraph.com where we have all of the hours and more information on what the Blois Bloomington Revitalization Project is. And now we're going to go into education news. Kelsey? Masking in schools just got a little bit more complicated. On Friday, Judge Raylene Grischow uh, from Sangamon County granted a temporary restraining order to halt Governor J.B. Pritzker's executive orders on masking and exclusions for positive COVID cases and close contacts, finding the state finding that the state agencies and school districts lacked the legal ability to enforce the mandates without due process. Several school districts across the state paused their mask mandates in response to this ruling, but Unit 5 and District 87 in Bloomington Normal and Decatur schools are maintaining their existing policies, waiting until the appellate court rules in this case. Kurt Richardson, Unit 5's attorney, said this is because as a circuit court judge, Gris Chow's ruling is only binding to the parties named in the case. Mattoon schools, which were actually named in the lawsuit, are excusing only students whose parents were part of the suit from compliance with current policies. But several parents, teachers, and community members in those uh, districts that haven't acted don't want their districts to wait. And because of this, those school boards heard a lot of public comments this week asking for a mask optional policy to be implemented. We have coverage for our local districts on each of our three sites, panagraph.com, herald-review.com, and jg-tc.com. Shout out to reporters Connor Wood and Valerie Wells for their work on those. And the appellate court is expected to rule in this case within the next week, so be sure to follow as we will release more information as it becomes available. Decatur Public Schools has a new superintendent, Rochelle Clark. She was approved by a vote of 6-1 to one following a search that lasted several months. Prior to Tuesday's vote, Clark served as Assistant Superintendent of Support Services. Clark began her duties immediately following the school board approval with an update to her contract to reflect her new title and duties. She will be working with Interim Superintendent Bobby Williams until Williams has 120 days in the position as allowed for retired educators who return to the district ends. Valerie Wells has full coverage of the board meeting and the decision, as well as video interview with the new superintendent. So be sure to check that out at herald-review.com. Okay, Kelsey's going to tell us about the men's Illini basketball team. So Kelsey, take it away. Fighting Illini took a heavy 16-point loss against number three ranked Purdue this week, putting a dent in the team's Big Ten title aspirations. The loss put the Illini in a three-way tie at the top of the conference with Purdue and Wisconsin. Despite the 16-point deficit, Coach Brad Underwood said the Purdue game was just an off night. 
and he thinks they can still come back from it. Andy Kimball has full coverage of the game and a look at the table as we get closer to March across all of our three sites, herald-newby.com, panagraph.com, and jg-tc.com. And don't worry, we will talk about Super Bowl, but it's just going to be a minute. We'll come back to it. Let's move into some public safety and courts news. Sierra, take it away. (laughs) And some quickie news. The Bloomington Public Safety and Citizen Review Board is going to discuss the automatic license plate reader cameras that the city plans to purchase. This has been a hot button issue, so I will be covering the meeting tonight. And we will have a story up at panagraph.com. So if you are wanting to find out the results of that meeting, you can find my story there. Uh, The issue is that some citizens have brought up some concerns, privacy concerns to be exact, about the license plate readers, and um, they just wanted an opportunity to speak with this board before the city council approves the $59,000 contract with Atlanta-based Flock Safety. Again, you can find my story at panagraph.com. And last week's snowstorm created dangerous driving conditions that put several vehicles in ditches, and a couple from Lovington met the same fate when they got stuck on a country road near Bethany. Body camera footage released by the Moultrie County Sheriff's Office shows officers making a quarter-mile trek through that foot-deep snow to help the couple and their six-month-old baby. Moultrie County Sheriff Chris Sims said the family's fate serves as a cautionary tale about venturing out in terrible conditions and not making adequate preparations. They didn't have heavy coats or blankets when their four-wheel drive pickup truck got stuck about two miles south and two and a half miles west of Bethany. They called for help, not knowing for sure which back road they were on, so police were delayed in finding them. Once located, though, the road was drifted closed enough that officers couldn't get very close to them, hence the quarter-mile trek. Luckily, they had enough fuel to keep their truck on while emergency responders worked to get them out. To watch the body cam footage and read this cautionary tale, find Tony Reed's story at jt-tc.com and herald-review.com. Okay, now let's move into some community news. Sierra, you excited about Valentine's Day? Or the flower shops excited about Valentine's Day? Yeah, our local florists are preparing for another crazy Valentine's Day which will be Monday following the Super Bowl. And as most of the florists will tell you, they're expecting a lot of orders to come in on Monday because it is following the Super Bowl and people are not going to be prepared. Every year people wait until the last minute. Every year people push off Valentine's Day because it's really just a commercial holiday if we're actually gonna be talking about it like that. But um, the florist, it's a great time. It's chaos, it's fun. It's aggravating. It's frustrating. (laughs) They're excited. They have all the Valentine's Day deals for you. They have specials on roses, flowers, bouquets, anything that you might want. Some of them have houseplants. They have special vases. They have little teddy bears that go around those vases. Um, Some of them have also created their shops to be a one-stop shop where you can get flowers, chocolate, and a teddy bear. So be sure to check in with your local florists this week. I'm sure they're they're super excited and it's like one of the biggest days of the year for them next to Mother's Day, which is a whole other story. But yeah, you can find my story for this weekend at uh, panagraph.com. Matus Janik in, uh, at the Herald and Review is also doing a story on Valentine's Day, but he's looking at supply chain issues. So if you want to know what he's up to and like how florists are dealing with not being able to get their flowers in on time, you can find his story at herald-review.com, jg-tc.com. It might be on panograph.com, but I'm not sure yet because neither of these stories have been released at this time. So 
yeah and then we just have like a lot of photos of valentine's day i would say that valentine's day isn't my favorite holiday but i look forward to i've been looking forward to it in recent years because i have kind of made it into like a fun date night for me and my partner we like the last year we made surf and turf we had steak and we made crab legs which we had never done before but we learned how to make crab legs and then we also made a mushroom risotto which is one of my favorite dishes so and this year i think we're going to go to the mystic kitchen shout out to the mystic kitchen because i've never been there before but i have talked to the owners for previous stories and i'm very excited i feel like the moral of that story was shop local and visit local establishments because local your local floors your local wine place yeah don't go to any commercial places <laughs> shop local eat local drink local support your local businesses this weekend fully endorse that um i'm not big on valentine's day myself um one year my partner got me socks and a nightstand and that was great and that was all we did our first our first valentine's day which was we're coming up on this would be like maybe our eighth valentine's day so our first valentine's day was at steak and shake and i do endorse steak and shake there was more people at steak and shake on valentine's day than i anticipated but that's like a whole different story it was a lot of fun it was my choice by the way just wanted to say that i chose steak and shake for valentine's day okay um but before it's valentine's day it is super bowl sunday or the big game. I don't know the legality of saying Super Bowl. Anyways. <laughs> Maybe it's the big game. The big game. Uh, we've got the Cincinnati Bengals facing off against the Los Angeles Rams. Kickoff at 5.30 p.m. Central Time. I had to look that up. I'm going to be really honest with you. I had to look it up. I knew the Bengals were playing. I had no idea the Rams were playing. Good for them. Especially in the recent years since they've moved out of St. Louis, RIP. Um, but I'm gonna be honest, I'm not a big NFL guy. Uh, Sierra, also not a big NFL guy. Uh, we don't really do the Super Bowl, but you know what is exciting? The Puppy Bowl. <laughs> the Puppy Bowl. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> the Puppy Bowl or um, Junk Food Day, as what we call it, which just Appetizer Day. I don't care about football. I, I am an Eagles fan by proxy um, because my partner is an Eagles fan, so I am also an Eagles fan. Um, but I do love good apps, so I'm looking forward to that. And then I've never really cared about the halftime show, but Kelsey, who's playing? Oh my God. Everyone. Everyone. We've got Mary J. Blige. We got Dr. Dre. We got Snoop Dogg. We got Eminem. We got Kendrick Lamar all on one stage. Are you kidding me? What was exciting for me was not the, not the puppy bowl. It is those one, two, three, four, five, five. Those five amazing are. I am so excited. Like I don't <laughs> I don't usually watch the Super Bowl in like recent years because I don't have cable, um, and it's not really a priority because you know I don't NFL, so why pretend to care about something when it's a lie? But oh my gosh, I'm so excited for this. The Sierra just showed me the like announcement video for the halftime show artist and i was so hype i'm so excited for this like every single one i'm just bangers i'm ready for it (laughs) 
<laughs> Snoop Dogg. Like, I just, yeah, I love that video because I just get so hyped. It's, they come in and they, it starts off with Eminem and he's like Rap singing God. Rap God, which is just like a great song, great song choice. And then it moves into Snoop Dogg and it's, um, da 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 da. What's the name What's of it? It's the song? Snoop Dogg. You would know it. You would know it if you if you listened to it. And then um, Mary J. Blige with um, Let's Get It Bumping on the. In this. I know what the song is called. I know it says The Dancery. I'm ready in to this get dancery. In this Dancery. Oh, it is Family Affair. Yeah, yeah family I, affair. I love that song. I love Mary J. Blige in that song. Um, and then Kendrick Lamar, which is just. He's a genius. Top tier. Love Kendrick Lamar. So. We're <laughs> big up, big up from the mirror <laughs> incident last uh, year. No, but before we move on to last year, you didn't even mention Dr. Dre, oh, a shit, legend sorry. in I this industry, an yeah. absolute legend. I'm so excited to see him on, on the same stage as Eminem again. I'm sure it's been a very long time since that has happened. Ooh, okay, so um, yeah, left last year. <laughs> Um, yeah, I never watched, I didn't even watch the, um, halftime show last year. I didn't watch the Super Bowl at all last year. I don't even know what I was doing, to be <laughs> honest. But, um, like, the weekend, all I remember is the halftime show happened, and then immediately, it was, like, within literal seconds, like, everything on TikTok, Twitter, social media, everyone, t- the weekend, going through the mirror maze, absolute chaos peak comedy and if we're gonna be honest i literally forgot that was last year it feels like it was five years ago (laughs) that that happened um i really okay a lot of people had a lot of criticism about the weekend's halftime show last year they thought it was ridiculous they thought it was weird they thought it was funny i loved it i thought he did really well and like it was such a performance like he had so many dancers and like i'm not a huge weekend fan but like what he's done in the like with his last album there was like slow progression with like the way he was appearing physically in like interviews and stuff it was and like it all culminated into that it was dope loved it a true performer honestly like i mean i yeah the memes were great the music was great the the video was great everyone had a great time with the weekend last year um love it hate it laugh at it whatever it was great also who day that's what Bengals fans say but <laughs> who day yeah I've, okay. I've just been seeing a lot on instagram and uh twitter suddenly a bunch of people who are Bengals fans that have never heard of i've never heard of a single Bengals fan before in my life but i keep seeing who day which is a thing so good for them for making it i um i saw a tiktok that like literally made me cry because some guy was like wearing the bagels jersey and he was like i put this on so they would get into the playoffs and like this is their first playoff i think it was their first playoffs and then now they're in the super bowl and they had like it was after like his dad was a huge Bengals fan and he had passed away and so he was like like before he could see the Bengals go into um like the playoffs and it made me think of like my great grandma who was like in her 90s and she passed away but she got to see the Cubs go to the World Series so (laughs) yeah anyways that video made me cry it was like literally it was like a it was like maybe a minute long video and I was like crying <laughs> okay. Well, we've been talking for too long, probably, about two things that we didn't really write stories on. Well, we did. We did write stories on Valentine's Day. And the 
the, there's gonna be a Super Bowl thing about the fans in the pantograph. What day is today? Today um, is Friday. I think it's, I think it's in today's paper or the Saturday's paper. This weekend, there's gonna be uh, something about the fans for the Super Bowl. <laughs> um, real quick, Kelsey, Olympics update. How many medals do we have? Um, oh, one cool thing. Uh, this is Sean White's last Olympics he announced. Did you see that? No, I didn't, but I yeah. saw it on TikTok. And That's I was like, where I, I saw- love Sean White. I saw him on TikTok, he's immediately a, followed. He's just a dude. Yeah, he's such like, he's just a, like a guy. Um, but him. he said on TikTok that it was his last Olympics. Aww. Let me find this. We have 10. USA. No, it's not. not. We're doing good, though. We're like in we're like in fifth. We might be in fifth in the world. All right, USA. <laughs> okay, we're gonna Shout end. Shout out the- to Ger- uh, Austria, though. You're doing great. Oh, I saw the performance by one of the ja- um, Japanese ice skaters, and I was like, oh my god, wow, beautiful. I love figure skating. It's like one of the best things in the Winter Olympics, be- simply because there are so many sports in the Winter Olympics that no one knows anything about but we know how to watch someone do a beautiful performance on razor blades um i heard so the skater had forgotten his lucky winnie the pooh tissue box and so they were all throwing winnie the pooh uh plushies at him and they there was just like so many winnie the pooh plushies it was like it was so cute i loved it it was a great it was a great performance all right Enough of us rambling. That's your quick Olympics update. (laughs) Okay. As always, if you're enjoying this podcast and our reporting, check us out on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Google Podcasts. While you're at it, head on over to panagraph.com, herald-review.com, and jg-tc.com to look up subscription information and consider supporting hashtag local journalism.